0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please, as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even, and the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. none of my episodes ever really start off the same way just let you know absolutely none like um there's plenty of times like i click the record button and i'm like oh my god i was not ready to actually start that shit or um one time with my friend adrian we just over here cackling and i'm like oh shit we need to actually start this shit and uh the uh, recording just stops midway through and you just hear oh my god all this other shit (sighs) it's it's not it's not this is not a professional podcast at all it's just niggas talking that's what it is like literally at this moment people are going to be listening to this like um does he know that he's recording yes i know i started the recording bitches i know i started the fucking shit okay it started The, the 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 little recording thing lets us know that oh the recording is in progress i know i know i pressed the button okay uh but anyways hello 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 everyone welcome to the holiloquy podcast where we step out and talk about sexuality this is your host Vernon t scott also known as Sebastian adams oh i I did not mean to introduce that nigga first but also known as uh, slater jackson uh i'm glad i actually did say that because i'm feeling as though by the end of the year it's going to be transitioned to the main Intro just going to be saying Sebastian's Adams because um you know just a separate burden from the sex work a little bit, anyways. So on today's episode, I have Nick again. How you doing, Nick? Pretty good, pretty good. Feeling
1: a little better, a little better, <laughs> yeah. So you weren't you weren't feeling good on the last episode? Well, you know, I, I was a little <laughs> nervous, but that's because you know that that's a that was an interesting conversation. So it's, it's a lot to think about when you talk about stuff like that. But yeah, definitely better.
0: Oh, that's good. Well, this episode, we're talking about mental health and relationships. And we'll definitely get into that um, a little hot and heavy soon. But first, Nick, let everybody know who you are.
1: All right. What's good, everybody? My name is Nick, the quick, or you can call me Capone, either one. It don't matter. Uh, and I'm from Memphis, I work in IT. I like what I do, and I love making
0: music. Speaking of which, again, I do not know exactly where I'm going to place the shit. It's either going to be at the beginning or at the end. Either way, you're going to be hearing some of uh, Nick's music. So I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it and support this Black brother, y'all. Com- continue to support this Black brother. Uh, speaking of which, do you want to, like, mention any kind of social media that they can find your work? Or if that's you're not ready for that yet?
1: I'm kind of starting out, but anybody could find me at pretty much any social media, uh, Instagram, Nick, Nick underscore Capone underscore, you know, that's pretty much all I (laughs) posted.
0: Wait, so Nick underscore Capone underscore.
1: Yeah, or TikTok, TikTok. I think my TikTok is Capone with like two or three underscores. You know, me. I'm the only black person. That's all.
0: Nah, I'm the only Black person. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, some people cannot spell. Can you spell Capone for a, for a motherfucker like, <laughs> like myself? N-E. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking over you. Oh, C-A-P-O-N-E all right so um do not search calzone because that's what a nigga like me might actually do is capone okay <laughs> um, so uh, as y'all already may know nick is a, a former resident assistant of mine i was his supervisor back in the day um back in the old life Ooh, yeah. okay that was a moment of silence for that nigga that uh, <laughs> used to work at that job <laughs> Oh, God. So, um, look, once you grow and you continue to grow, you have to you have to uh, have funerals for your past selves. So that was that oh. moment of having that moment for him. You did what needed to be done, and you was excellent at that. Also, Nick was very wonderful at his job, too. If he wasn't, he would not be on this damn podcast. Uh, ooh, that means if other people hear this, they're going to be like, so we weren't good at our jobs? Of course not. damn nick i wasn't even gonna say that i was just gonna be like i just didn't think to uh, to ask y'all but um okay (laughs) nick is telling the truth today Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: you okay nick yeah you know just uh feeling out my past and and looking what's the future well
0: (laughs) <laughs> are we are we going to be saying names? <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. I don't want to deal with that mess because uh, everybody know I cuss them out. I don't give a damn. Uh, I'm not there anymore. Fuck them. Um, not them specifically. That place. Um, anyways, we're supposed to be talking about mental health and relationships.
1: <laughs> and I, Nick got me throwing shade, huh? I so, said, you know, that was a part of my mental health. Let's see. That's why. That's why we went there. What?
0: Oh, releasing that. Pin- oh, oh, okay. I'll i, fuck- I with that. Ooh, <laughs> making it relevant. Making it relevant. So, um, Nick, since we're talking about that's part of your mental health, what was your what is your mental health journey uh, like?
1: What was it like, and what do you expect to see in it? Uh, I will say my mental health journey started around 2019 when I first got into my resident assistant job and you know, after a semester of caring for others more than they care for me, uh, you know, I, I kind of met Vernon and met the team at the university I was working for. And, you know, I, I learned how to talk. <laughs> and honestly, something as simple as talking helped me a lot through my mental health journey. It's, it's not a lot to it. Uh, most of it was just having these conversations with people and kind of learning how to talk and how not to be afraid to be yourself and be open with others about how you feel. And, you know, not being, a, not being scared to kind of extend conversations revolving around your personal mental health. And because you never know, like, what it might help you discover about yourself. Uh, I remember one of the times we were talking in the office and Early, well, late twenty nineteen. Uh, I, I was feeling like, wow, you know, I come here every day. I don't work here. I'm sitting in this office. Why, why am I telling him about my life story? <laughs> and and after that day, you know, I sat down and I thought, why am I doing this? And it, and it made me realize that a lot of the beginning of my mental health journey is that I needed to actually learn to be open with people Uh, because a lot of my time before college especially is I've been to myself, reserved, you know, quiet about how I feel. Uh, One of the biggest things that people say about me and especially like my lifelong friends, they've never seen me really mad. They've never seen me sad or cry. And (laughs) <laughs> you know, nobody can say that they went through their entire life not feeling those emotions. So being able to do that in a new space, you know, with a new person or people uh helped boost my mental health. And then I would say about March 2020 is when we had that Nashville tornado.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, man, that, that, that was a scary time. Uh And that actually... Helped change my mental health too. Uh, It made me kind of see more value in life. Uh, I never really been scared of like death or anything like that. And having something be so close and, you know, going out the next day seeing what could have been, you know, where you were at, everything destroyed, people lost all their belongings and possessions kind of gives you a perspective on, like, why should you care about how your mental health is? How should you care about how you value the things in your possessions and how you share your existence with others? Mm. And, I mean, after that, I've just taken it a lot more seriously. And I've, you know, worked every day on trying to share a piece of myself with others and kind of Give back in the same way that people gave to me, you know, that same listening ear, that same, you know, encouragement, boost the confidence. I'm, go, I'm doing pretty good now.
0: Well, look at that. Well, first off, I'm located a little bit in my feels um, just because I did not know I was the one that got you into wanting to go down your mental health journey. You you just okay. you said that in damn intake meeting. <laughs> so I would have already knew this shit was coming, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to cry. So I, I I feel seen in this moment, but thank you for saying that. I appreciate you uh, for saying that. Um, but I I will say um, that I am happy that uh, I was able to help you there. Um, I, I do have like a long track record of people who I've met with, uh, most definitely when it comes to Black men who cried in front of me. You weren't, you weren't one of those, uh, which is fine, but oh my- <laughs> you almost. <laughs> But I only say that because uh, one of the things that I enjoyed most about, um, most definitely working at uh, that institution, which if you connect the dots from the last episode to this episode, you know, Zach worked. <laughs> worked. <laughs> if you can go back to what he said about the tornadoes, <laughs> you would know exactly where all this happened. But that place of work. Um is just communicating with a lot of young black men and helping them find their path to uh, mental wellness, um, because we don't talk about that enough in our community. Uh, Even the ones who, uh, on our staff, who was feeling suicidal at one point and um, didn't, y'all would never know who that person was, uh, but helping them get into um, counseling and uh, see about their own mental health. Uh, Even the other students who were there who, came to see me and just talked uh, and just needed that guidance um, because we don't have that often within our community and I will say now that you brought up the tornado incident I was so ready to go upstairs and punch you and fucking Elijah and everybody else y'all had up in the building that time because so y'all my one of my biggest fears is is tornadoes right and this shit happened out of nowhere it was like siren oh shit next thing you know windows are fucking shaking i'm like so you mean there's a fucking touchdown already so i'm like okay let me get out niggas where y'all at i'm in the group trying to figure out if they in the building wherever the case may be y'all safe and all this other stuff these i'm already in the basement y'all The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. Y'all, like, I'm in the group. Me trying to figure out if they in the building, wherever the case may be. Y'all safe and all this other stuff. These, I'm already in the basement, (laughs) y'all. Waiting for these niggas to come down to the basement so I can show them exactly where to be, the safest place in the building, in the safest spot, so they don't have to worry about shit. And I'm like, where the fuck are y'all? These niggas talk about, oh, we're just watching the tornado. The fuck you mean you're watching the tornado?
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's what I meant about before then. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of regards for my life. You know, I didn't. I didn't take a lot of stuff like that seriously uh, because one, I've never had it happen, and two, I've always been kind of a little bit harder on the feeling side. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, even if something does happen, hey, it just happened, <laughs> but. After then, I, I went outside and looked at them. I'm like, "Yeah, no, nah, I could have been thrown across Nashville or something." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had the
0: bunker ready, y'all. <laughs> I'm over. I literally was standing next to the door, watching that shit shake, and I'm like, "If this door open, I don't know if I'm going out this shit." but i'm I'm willing to risk my life for these niggas if they if they don't bring their ass down these fucking steps but then you know after about five minutes it was gone and it was on the other side of town um so we survived <laughs> trauma bonds there we go um <laughs> but um yeah i know for myself my mental health journey uh well i've already been uh Uh, promoter of mental wellness and i've done my own self-reflection and my own self-care routines for some time but to actually get extremely serious about my um mental health where i had to put myself first before anything else happened uh, around the time students were coming back to campus and uh, i do actually want to say thank you to nick because um uh, I, I remember sitting in the office everybody just coming into the office like crazy and uh, my hands started to like do like this which I later found out was part of my OCD Um, and my, me just worrying about oh my god there's so much shit going on so much that I don't have control over and I want to have this space open for students but right now my own personal safety is at danger and honestly y'all uh, like this is why I fuck with Nick. He literally was like, hey, y'all, I need y'all to get out of the office. <laughs> like, he just told them all to leave. And I was just like, thank you, Nick. Like, Because in that moment, I just could not process everything that was going on uh, with poor leadership uh, on multiple levels and no concern for the student population and the people who are working with the students. It was just a lot going on. And I just was losing it at that point. And this was even after I had put in my 30-day notice. uh, And I only said that I was going to stay there to make sure that people came into the building safely. Uh, And I could have left sooner, but my main concern was making sure that the students who were uh, coming back to campus had something that had structure to it, rather than just you go wherever the fuck you want to go.
1: Yeah. And and the reason, uh, and I appreciate the words, I, I You know, community. Community is a thing. Uh, And I didn't, you know, help myself feel better about my mental health or understand what I needed to do to change until somebody else stepped in. So that was kind of my way of doing the same. Uh Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. Okay, let's get out of our fields. These are two Black men sharing moments, y'all. These are moments this is quality shit all right um so one of the things that we talked about in our um meeting to draft up this episode is uh, the reason behind why you got into your why, why you get got into your current relationships and I think also in terms of like some of your past relationships it has uh, as how it pertains to your mental wellness like, um, I think you were saying something about that um, one of the main reasons you are in relationships now is so that it can help you connect with people, if I remember correctly. Let's just talk about it. Uh, so why? what is the reason behind you getting into uh, relationships?
1: Yeah, so so I, I would say my primary re- reason for me getting in a relationship was to, you know, learn how to love myself while at the same time learning how it feels to be loved by somebody else. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I grew up in a loving household where the word love wasn't thrown around frequently. You know, it's a lot of hard lessons, hard love, whatever, whatever. Uh, and you know, moving on to somebody else that may have experienced love and, building relationships with people, you know, I I needed to understand that or teach myself how to care in the way for other people's uh, care for other people in the ways that they want to be cared for. Mm. Uh, So, you know, getting into my relationship with who I'm with now, they, they kind of been through a similar story as me. And I understand, and I was able to connect with this person on a deeper level than I have with most people and kind of shown them some things that I felt like I was missing. And it's been something that my spouse has enjoyed and they've taken appreciation to. And now it's kind of like we all, we both on the same playing field. You know, we kind of tend to each other and, you know kind of understand where some of the love or some of the needs for love lack and can kind of tailor each other to, to feed those to feel those needs.
0: Oh, so I love it. I love it. So and uh essentially um <clears throat> both of you came from like the tough love environment uh where it's not that I love you any less. It's just that it's hard out here. And i rather I'd prepare you for the, the, the horrors of the world. And in order to prepare you, I have to take myself away from you um, quite often. I have to um, be mad at you. I have to be um, not necessarily abu- abusive, but um, assertive in every single uh, instance so that this is me saying that I love you because I want you to survive. And in order for you to survive, you have to have that hard skin, that hard head, that hard body, that hard heart, um, just so that you don't fall in such a place where s- someone can manipulate you or um, just take you away from me. Because it's uh, when you, because I know a lot of people have been raised in a way that when you show vulnerability, that means you're weak and that means that you're an easy target and by loving someone the hard way that makes them less of a target. That means that there's a more likely of a chance of them coming back home. Uh, would you say that's essentially uh, y'all's experience?
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I say, I say that because, well, you explained it, but I agree with it because, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm. You know, your parents, you know, they've went through, or in my experience, parents go through things and they kind of try to prevent their kids from going through those same things, especially when it comes to dealing with others, you know, other people relationships, love, whatever. And sometimes, you know, going through those cycles as a adult with responsibilities to your kids, you know, example, me, uh, You don't get to be so vulnerable with everything in the world. You have to show them, you know, this is what it is. This is what it ain't. And it's that on that, you know, but as somebody that's been through that, you kind of have to understand that it's not people, your parents, you know, in this case, will work in your best interest even with the worst words said, mm-hmm. it does have to be nice. And, and, you know, even though it's a complaint for me, you know, I, I can say, and this happened recently, um, how it actually helped me as a person or helped my mental health when it comes to jobs and things like that. Uh, I, I, I had a situation with one of my coworkers that I felt that, You know, he may not like me, you know, he's kind of not a supervisor to me, but he he trains me and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of funny. I'm in this new environment. I'm not around a lot of people that look like me. You know, I I expect the bullshit. (laughs) You know, I'm having this conversation with this person and they're like really straightforward, really, you know, this is what it is, this is what it ain't. And if that sounds familiar, to me, that sounds like my parent, whereas my counterpart, you know, of another race and and skin color, uh, (laughs) he has the same interactions with this particular person at work. And he's like, man, this is, I I just don't like this person. They, They talk to me this kind of way, they talk to me this kind of way. And, you know, for me, I'm okay. You know, this guy, he's wanting to quit his job, go find somewhere else to work because somebody's not talking to him like, you know, y'all best friends. Mm. <laughs> you know, because in my experience, I'm I'm not used to my parents talking to me as my best friend, not talking to me, you know, baby's voice or whatever. And so I understand the intentions behind this person that's trying to teach us something. So it doesn't come off as harsh to me. It doesn't make me want to run away or quit. It, you know, I understand they they're giving you the best of them while remaining true to themselves.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh, something I would like to add is like a lot of people. uh fantasize for better parents and rather than seeing their parents for who they are or even the struggles and traumas that they had to deal with and that's something that I had to deal with too and which also allowed me to even forgive um uh, like my stepdad Uh, he was not the best person for me definitely didn't love me the way I needed to be loved and after my mother left it was just like it's, it's just me now um but after I got older I just got to a point where I'm like why am I expecting this person to be perfect for me uh when I all I can really do is continue just to show love and make sure that I show up perfect for myself make sure that I care for myself the way I want to be cared for and just let that childhood childhood trauma that childhood person go let that hurt go and just experience this person who may have um, not been the best parent for me be who they are. Not have that expectation that they need to be like Bill Cosby. uh, Sorry, Cliff Hustable. Cliff (laughs) Hustable. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta clarify. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta clarify. Uh, Why expect for them to be uh, some fictitious character that is not them? Just look at them for who they are, what their experiences were, and just be okay with that. Know that even in your adult life, that person probably might not even change, but you you can love them regardless of how they impacted you as a child. Like you can know that okay, I know I can't talk to you about this, that, and the third. I know that I don't have to be there for that event. I know that you don't have to invite me for this, that, and the third. At the end of the day, I still love you for the value that you brought to my life or even the lessons that you taught me or the trauma that you caused on my life to make my outcomes a lot better.
1: Yep. And and I guess I can say the reason why this conversation ties into why I got into a relationship is because, you know, going through that growing up. You know, going through that into young adulthood, we kind of, especially black people, we kind of are very heavily tied to our parents. And we kind of grow in the direction of where our parents were when we were younger. Uh, I didn't didn't want that moving forward. You know, I felt that it was important for me to get in a relationship and to experience love and feeling loved and things like that. That way, when I have kids, I'm not, you know, feeding back the same problems that I have with my parents to my kids on, you know, not talking to them a certain way or not expressing my love for them frequently or not being, you know, a better parent in the sense that making your child feel the way that they want to feel growing up, you know, making them feel that they can become who they want to be you know, over these 18, 20 years until you have to release them into the world. So I I felt that that was important for me to start early because I I didn't, I know my past relationships, I -hmm. I was very harsh. Not, I wasn't cussing nobody out or nothing like that. But when it came to kind of expressing how I feel, I was not good at it because I'm so used to, you know, tell, people telling me that they don't really care for what I got to say, or mm. they don't care about what makes me angry, what makes me feel invalidated. So that was important. Moving on, you know, that's that's why I had that break from, you know, celibacy freshman year in college. To I didn't get a girlfriend until I graduated college. Mm. You know, that was a four year gap, and it took. <laughs> years to understand that i don't want to be repeating the same things to somebody you know give or causing somebody that same hurt that i did in the past
0: hmm. and um within that time frame um were you still engaging with other people like having conversations entertaining the idea of dating just you know in the phases and the motions of dating but not solidifying like you are my my girlfriend you're my partner uh, have you engaged in that during that time frame
1: yep and and, and that's that's when i so between those four years i did go through a lot of just talking to people insinuating that it it would be more than what it is Mm -hmm. kind of making people feel that i was moving towards a relationship when i wasn't and and you know talking to those people and i'm actually friends with every person i've had that type of relationship with to this day uh it it hurts It, it you know it it brings down their self-esteem. It doesn't make them feel good that, you know, somebody isn't showing the care for them that they're trying to show to you. Mm. And, And, you know, only thing I can say is, you know, this is how my parents treated me. I don't know how to love somebody, you know, in a relationship. I don't know how to be present when I need to be. And, yeah, it took a lot of learning and took a lot of very hard conversations to, to get to this point. Mm,
0: and I, I like how you, um, what you said there, because that, that reminds me of what a lot of young men and older men do, um, because I, I know one of the things that cut me apart from a lot of other uh, people that was my age back then, like during college, is that I knew I wasn't ready for a relationship and people would uh, approach me saying, oh, we should be, uh, like, after, uh, like, a 30 minute or a couple days of having conversations, they're like, oh, we should uh, be, uh, you should be my boyfriend or whatever the case may be, and I'm like, I'm not ready for a relationship, and then it's, you know, that actually brought more backlash in my face than anything, but it's just knowing where I was at that place, because For me, when it comes to if I'm going to date someone, I want to be able to afford to go out somewhere. I want to have a place to stay of my own so that we can don't have, if we want to just chill somewhere, we can just stay at my place, your place, where the case may be. I want to have uh, access to a vehicle so that we can go places. I want certain um, situations to be set in stone or in place so that we can have a fuller experience than having to just be confined to like the college campus or, you know, these little, you know, you come to my room and we just chill, watch Netflix and all that. I don't want that in the dating experience. I want to be able to go to the theater. I want to be able to go to an art show. I want to be able to go to a gallery. All these places, go to a paint and sip and enjoy that together. Uh, even if it is $50, I want to do stuff like that. And if I... Uh, If I know I'm not at that financial place or spiritual place to do that, I'm going to let you know. And I think that's the thing that uh, a lot of people fail to do, uh, most definitely at a young age, because we are taught that you need to be in a relationship. You need to find a partner. You need that. Uh, You need to get married and all this other stuff, rather than saying, hey, you need failed dating experiences. So you know what you do like and what you don't like. (laughs) <laughs> you need to go out here and uh, shop around with other people, date multiple people at the same time without telling them that you're fully committed to them. Let them know I you're dating other people. Let them know that you're trying to get a feel for them. If you like what you did, you explored and found who you were and what you liked and what you expected within four years. That sure. is um, unpacking what, 18 plus years of your own personal shit, your own personal traumas, just to identify what love looks like for you and what you want to see for the future. You can't just meet somebody in just three days and think that, oh, you're going to be the rest of my life. You actually have to engage with them in multiple seasons of their lives. So you can know that, oh, I feel what you're feeling. I like where this is going. We can do this exclusively. Or we can continue to do this with uh, multiple people while prioritizing our time a little bit more, wherever the case may be.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, dating with the intent of growth is, is always a good thing. You know, a lot of people get comfortable and, you know, once they get in a relationship, they feel like that's where all of the hard work ends, you know, You once you get into these relationships, you still got to work for your partner, mm. you know as we together I don't have to do anything anymore like you still have to pursue you still have to learn how to love every day, you still have to, you know, make somebody feel prized and you know, happy with you mm. so, not always just uh, I'm here and that's it, it's, you know I'm here and I need to keep working (laughs) right
0: and uh, i'll even though i don't do this enough i have to give a shout out to tyler perry um by the way that uh he phrased it in uh one of the medea movies or the play i think it was the play first where um medea pretty much said that you do have to fall in love with multiple people in your life uh and that's most definitely when you're getting married because you are different people at different stages in your life most definitely, if you're a person who is constantly growing, that's why there's a problem with being stagnant. Because if you want to be the same person that you were when you were three years old and you're 33, you have to recognize that there's a problem in that. <laughs> that you cannot be a three-year-old all your life. At one moment, you have to recognize, I'm 33. What is a 33-year-old me like? Who is that person? Figure out who that is. Find ways to let that person go. And even let's say if that is the scenario, 33, acting three, do you know how many ages of you that you have to unpack just for you to get to 33 you, you'll be 36 (laughs) probably by the time that you finally meet up to 33 and finally get to 36, but before your 37th birthday, like it takes a while to unpack all of that. So definitely practice letting that past version of you go a lot sooner
1: if you get yeah. and, and going into there's nothing wrong with going into a relationship you know incomplete mm. you know people people especially for what they look at on the media and stuff they, they think that just supposed to go into a, a relationship as a full you know fully structured Fully, you know, spin the wheel unit, where, you know, in these stages in your life, like you were saying, it, it it isn't always like that. You know, one of the one of the things that that reminded me of is this girl I used to talk to for a really long time, and I always used to compare myself to. She was she was a little bit older, um, and I would compare myself to people in her age group and how they act and how they. You know, move through life. And I would always have some doubt about pursuing a truly, uh, what's the word? exclusive relationship with mm-hmm. her? Uh, because I felt like I couldn't hold up to that standard of somebody that's, you know, three, four years older than me. And one of the things that actually made me feel a little bit more confident was one of her friends sat me down and she, and she told me this herself. Uh, the girl that I was talking to at the time, you know, me being so, you know, a little younger than her, it actually provided the opportunity of growth for the girl. She was a little bit more, you know, in the streets, wanted to party all the time, where as at that time in my life, I was more reserved and more of a homebody. And together we kind of balanced each other out hmm. and she really thought that was a good thing. I mean, we didn't end up dating, but she she seen it as a good thing. And that that was a a very good opportunity to, you know, date somebody, love somebody at that current time and grow from it. Like you were saying. Mm.
0: That's a good example. Like, um, I don't there's there there's there's a lot of fear whenever you are uh, engaging with someone who either has different credentials than you, different backgrounds or even if there's an age gap, because you will always are, for the most part, put yourself in their situations as in, am I enough? Am I um, meeting the standard of what they want in a partner? And if anyone who's listening uh, hears this and they're feeling uh, that, uh, because that is uh, coming from a place of insecurity. Which, when I say insecurity, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but that is just uh, a sense of, "Am I, you know, good enough?" Remember that person chose you. That person continues to choose you, and if they are continuously choosing you, then you're fine. Because it is intimidating to come up with somebody, most definitely with somebody that's like credential, credential, like. Um, because I even know with it for myself, I have to dumb myself down a lot, uh, on some dating, uh, apps and whatnot, just, uh, so someone can feel comfortable enough to engage with me because once I let them know, oh yeah, I'm 28. I got a doctorate. Um, I'm working on the uh, fourth degree. Um, I'm also getting a certified in this, or even when they know that I've worked in se- sexual health now, it's just like, oh my God, I'm, um, uh, I have this person who's in sex, the sex world, they know about sex a lot. So now I have to meet their level. No, no, I could teach you to bring, come up to my level, but I'm not trying to have you meet me at my level already. I'm just trying to find someone that I can feel like, you know, it's enough. Um, I don't want to compete in that manner. Yeah, we can have competition, but I don't want my degrees, or my age, or my existence, to make you feel insecure about who you are in, within our relationship, and um, that—that's something that a lot of people face in this world. I know, like, uh, there's even been studies on this in terms of like Black women, uh, where they've often felt that their partners. Uh, are well it's statistically proven now but their partners felt insecure around them which uh, hindered them from a successful relationship most definitely if it's a Black woman that has a master's level or doctoral level degree so it's a lot
1: <laughs> yeah the, the you know scaling yourself to other people's level when you didn't have the same life experience you know navigating mm-hmm. It, it, it's never a good thing uh, because you know. While you know, with this girl I just mentioned, like I used to feel that oh, I'm not I'm not old enough to you know be the person she needs me to be or you know whatever I thought at that time. Uh, after having that conversation about how I help her, mm-hmm. it, and it made me realize what from her helped me you know she was a little bit more extroverted and would like to get out and do more i needed to learn to like that type of stuff you know it it's it's hard especially when i was younger going trying to meet somebody and they you know the first thing they think of you is that you're a boring person mm. you know I'm used to consistency in my routine of just you know school home school, work, home, you know, anything, but everything revolved around home and me moving forward like that was never, never going to help me grow in the way that I needed to grow. And so I pursued her with intentions to grow. And she also showed interest in me and helping her grow, you know, in a different way than (laughs) most people would think is okay But you know, it's always, plus, side, feel, feeling confident if by somebody is very important.
0: Yeah, that's, that's real. I like, I like how, um, that mutual growth. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Oh, such a growth nerd. Um, uh, but like, for real, that that's amazing. Uh, and, uh, I, truthfully, that's something that, uh, I didn't really think about, um, uh, before this conversation is how, um, certain aspects like, um, Uh, extrovert dating an introvert can get them to calm a little bit more where it's not just about the party style anymore there's more to life um, because introvert like myself like yourself we're used to being in the moment um, because when you're just staying at home and you're focused on things you have more opportunities to like read books you have more opportunity to engage in different uh, discourse about shows or gaming and all this other stuff because you're creating an environment at home um, that is like just safe. Uh, And then when you are extrovert, You're not focusing on what's going on inside the house. You're looking at everything outside where the introvert is often failing at, not seeing how, guess what? I know that you're gaming in here. you got your own gaming community up in here if you're online, but guess what? We have a game shop. Well, let's not say game shop because that's a, no, it's GameStop. That's a store. Well, we got this game bar down the street where you can just commute. We can just go there you can meet some of the people locally that you're connecting with online and we can just play games there or uh, we got this um, going on like an arcade here all this other stuff out in these spaces that you are overlooking because you're just trying to stay at home or for that extrovert guess what this is an opportunity here you trying to party it up all outside and you know go to the club, let's play some Michael Jackson experience right quick. (laughs) If that game still exists these days. But you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, Nick, it's about that damn time to bring out the never have I ever stuff. Because I'm running low on cards. That's why I have my little book. Oh, this is an interesting question. Um, So I might do all three again. So, there we go. You ready? Yep. So this is never have I ever. Uh, never have I ever had anal sex. I've
1: never. Really? Yeah. It's it's not been something I've been interested in doing. Mm. Uh, I'm very big on safe sex, and I, I'm I'm not educated enough to feel comfortable for partaking in something like that. You know with associated risks, you know, STDs, whatever, whatever. It's nothing wrong with it, obviously. You know, a lot of it is influenced by good hygiene and things like that. But,
0: yeah,
1: nobody I've been comfortable doing that with.
0: Mm, understandable. Well, I have. Um, uh, I definitely have. But uh, I will say if that is something that you and your current partner is interested in, definitely look into that uh, in terms of like getting the answers that you need um, like wh- when what the diet should look like um, what the not even outside of diet but um, um, tools that you can use from like a douche or fleet or whatever kind of enemas uh, to help with that process should there be a suppository should I do like the little clothes colon cleansing thing whatever that that medicine, um, you know, to, uh, loosen bowels and, uh, stool. I mean, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, definitely if that is something that y'all do try, and this is also for listeners, make sure that there is lubricant. Uh, actually just in sex in general, I don't care how wet your partner is. Use lube people please do it makes it makes it so think of it this way um your partner can be young and they can suffer from dryness um there's it's not anything to do with them it's sometimes it's not even dealing with their arousal with you um it's just a, a medical concern but lube helps in that process it also helps prevent Prevent micro tearing of the vaginal canal for those who are engaging in heterosexual uh, sexual activities, as well as anal penetration for those who are um, engaging in that lubricant is your friend is always your friend It's there to make the sex more pleasurable for both yourself and your partner more pleasurable for yourself <laughs> and your partner pleasurable. <laughs> it's not loose. spit is not lube oh my god it is not lube people please don't oh my please don't do that to your partner micro tears are horrible people they are horrible they're not your friends that's how you get even more diseases out here but um so yeah lubricant wear condoms people condoms and lube still great go get checked go get checked yes look if you are very active out here is recommended uh, every three months for me, for myself. If you're very active out here and you have the resources, bitch, go go weekly. <laughs> if you're not as active, get checked between sex partners. Uh, that meaning if, that's meaning if you're uh, a more of the monogamous dater and you're uh, having unprotected sex with that person, make sure you're tested after before you engage in sexual activities with another person. When it comes to HIV and other kind of um, Um, viral infections those do take time to kick in so make sure you give yourself enough time between testing so um, you can do let's say the relationship ended January you get tested that month uh, and then three months later you get tested for HIV again because it takes it takes a while and then six months later also get tested because it can come up anywhere between Three months to like two years, so yep. it takes time. Get <laughs> check regular people, please. <laughs> uh, somebody's just like, "Um, sir, did you just jump dump all that on us?" Yes, I did. But, but
1: the 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 reason why I say it is because there was a, a young lady that I that I met, uh, and nobody ever told her that information, and. I kind of pushed her to go get checked, you know, as a routine, and she found out that she had something for almost two years, mm. and there were no symptoms at all. And who knows whose life she could have affected, you know. Mm. During so it was definitely important. Facts, facts.
0: Um. Oh, just uh, also add on to that. Just because a person does have a sexual um transmitted infection does not mean they're a dirty person because a lot of people out here with something look COVID we got so many people who have COVID if you're not if you're not shaming people for catching COVID you should not be shaming people for catching an STI and even if you are shaming people for catching COVID or STI do better
1: do better absolutely
0: (laughs) so um would you rather so, w- mm. so would you rather have orgasms that last three times longer than normal, or have sex three times more
1: often than you typically do? Sex three times more often than I usually do. Look, if if is if it's, well, it was it was three times longer, three times stronger, three times longer. Say, nah, I'd be somewhere. I'd be looking like Kane from wrestling or something. <laughs> <I ain't laughs> In the back of my head, shaking at the arms. No, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well. That
0: I think what that one's saying like, if um, let's say if you, your orgasm lasts for 15 seconds, it will now last for 45
1: seconds, mm-hmm. hey. e- exactly. I, them 15 seconds, I ain't got no, you can't see my eyes, so they're gonna be tight. <laughs> I'll be Cambry. You ever try? for 45 seconds that's hard look it, it, that
0: sounds hard um but I've, I've also experienced the full body orgasm once so that's that's that that lasted a good five minutes and that was interesting I <laughs> I don't know if I could have done that for 15 but that five I was by myself at the moment but that five did what needed to be done <laughs> for, for a good three months <laughs> but do i want that often i I, i'll say no because if uh if every single one of my orgasms lasted for five minutes i will want sex less and sometimes i do like just the activity of sex without orgasm so
1: yeah if you think about it from this perspective if you're having it three times more often you really gonna have it three times well not at the same time but the same amount of time
0: you're right. You're right. Mm. So I, I think I will go with three times more often. Uh, Cause one, I mean, I'm currently in
1: a dry spell, and I need that dry spell to like stop. So <laughs> I'm waiting on you, huh? I said, girlfriend, if you're hearing this in the future, just know I'm waiting on.
0: You. I'm done. I'm so fucking done. <laughs> she, she just gonna be like, Oh, okay, I'm pulling up. She just text you, I just heard that episode, Nick. I'm pulling up right now. Have, have that thing ready.
1: <laughs> have my trench coat on. You ain't gotta ask me nothing. This nigga said a trench coat. Oh, okay, <laughs> done.
0: All right, so, ooh. Well, I hope she is listening to this episode because um, hold him to this answer. Hold this nigga to this answer. So this is that sex question. It says, describe your ideal date that would really put you in the
1: mood. Damn. Uh, Honestly, it's nothing too crazy because if I'm interested in somebody, I'm already always on go. Uh, I would say, man, something simple like getting really dressed up Going to you know, eat, flying somewhere different. Going to like a rooftop, you know, eatery, you know, one of them fancy diners. Something maybe something you might see in California. Something you may see in Vegas. You know, really good scenic view. Have your good little cologne or for her perfume. Have all that right. Enjoy some quality times. it's really good conversation and. Honestly, that's all it takes for me. Oh, I like it. As long, as long as I can sit in the sky, see see the little buildings and the lights and the stars. That that just do something to me. Maybe, maybe I'm a werewolf on the inside <laughs> I'm so done. Well, you already wolfing now, so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I will say for myself, I'm extra. So um and I like kinky shit too so if it if it was for if I were to do that ideal date um it's gonna it's gonna have multiple locations so first the actual date and then there's going to be the role play side of the date so the uh, first side we can go to like a theater show watch that uh, enjoy the production uh, so probably a matinee um, then <clears throat> After the matinee, probably go get some food, uh, enjoy that, get some drinks, margaritas, whatever the case may be, and then take like a two hour break from each other. During that time, I don't want to see them and anything like that. I want to go back um, to even if we're married and like together in the same house, go back home, change clothes, go out somewhere, let them do whatever they need to do. And <clears throat> we meet up at this bar uh, at a hotel. Of course, you know, got room a room upstairs or whatever. Um, and then, like, just do this entire scene at the bar. I want there to be slaps in there, drinks in the face, um, a little pull-you-back cuddle kind of situation. Uh, and then just not necessarily be all out but be extra in a way that not everybody's, like, knowing what the fuck is going on, but they're just, like, what is going on? Like, do y'all see this shit? Like, (laughs) these two need to, like, go somewhere. (laughs) And then uh, have that scene in in, and as we, you know, transition up to the bedroom and then just enjoy it. (laughs) Have some wine in there, some um, fucking... Uh, mimosas, margaritas, and just enjoy the night. Doesn't even have to be sexual at that point because I already got everything I want at the slap. But um, that's that's my ideal date to get me in that mood.
1: Yeah, but well, now, now that you say that, that kind of actually made me think about where my explanation went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, truly, what 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 would what, what would get me is that. You know, I, I mentioned the rooftop bar. I, I, I like being in the sky. Being in the sky just gives me some type of different feeling. But I was thinking about, what was it, like a lot of music. Like, I'm I'm very into the romantic, kind of loungy type feel, like mm. rose petals, you know, really good music something where you feel alone, but at the same time, I also want to feel watched too, so that's why I need a a place where it's like in the sky, you know, floor-to-ceiling mirrors, you got the full panoramic view of the city, just leave it open. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> I fucks with that.
0: <laughs> Nick over here on his voyeurism, I'm, I'm like, okay, yes. I fucks with it. The-
1: <laughs> like you said, gets a good, well, you drink out give me a good blunt smoke it up relax in the bed looking out at the city and then, hey it's time <laughs>
0: <laughs> i fuss with it so um it's partner i hope you heard that let's y'all go ahead and get that set up so y'all can go ahead and experience that uh, on top of that <clears throat> this is why uh, i need people to go ahead and like you know help me get off the ground um increase these paychecks lord with abundance that's what we need uh as well as you know um i I really do want my business to like skyrocket in such a way that i can because i want to one of my goals with my business is to build a resort that's based on sexual fantasies and experiences and that will be something that i would love to add now that you put that in my um in my like preview now, I I, I would like to have a, a rooftop patio dedicated to outdoors sexual experiences and ooh and play parties. Oh my god, the wonders of that play party that will happen under the stars. Oh my god, and it's like if you're in a space where it's all about positive and consensual sexual activity. Mm-hmm. There's, everything's beautiful everything's great it's just like everywhere you're going you know somebody is enjoying themselves consensually oh y'all I can't me make my dreams come true huh
1: have you feel without you know we earlier we talked about orgasm and feeling grounded from it have you ever thought about how it feels to be when you climax or whatever grounded but you're not on the ground, that's that I think that's why I like it. It's like you in the sky, there's, there's nothing below you.
0: I felt like, look, one of my fantasies, uh, because this is not my ideal date, but this is just one of my sexual fantasies is to have sex in zero gravity. Oh, like, wow. I really want to do that.
1: I that would that's... be so fucking lit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm gonna have to buy me one of them. Look, look. <laughs>
0: let me let me find find somebody who could afford a ticket uh so I can get on uh fucking either oh Elon Musk or ugh, Bezos. I'm just gonna fuck somebody in NASA. let's do that <laughs> that's 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 the better option cause i can't I can't rock with um either one of those other options. so I'm gonna find somebody in NASA fuck with them for a while and um see how we can get the zero gravity sex thing going okay. Mm. Child now Ew, okay i I need to get out of that because i'm I'm going deep into things that I would like to purchase if I had like billions of dollars for uh just for sexual fantasies and shit, so I'm going to get to the point where we're closing out the show <laughs> so Nick, do you have any other last uh, words, any tips, anything you'd like to share with the audience?
1: yeah, uh, I guess one would be. Let's see. I actually wrote one down here. Always love and good faith. It's, it's, it's very important to love and good faith. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to go ex- experiencing people or, or move navigating yourself into other people's life in bad faith. I don't think that's a, a good thing. It's not a good outcome for you or that person. And then two, understand that not everybody is grown up around people who express love or share love in the way that they need you know, it, it heavily impacts how they move in the lights of love in a relationship, you know, kind of like it's hereditary.
0: Mm, you're right, it is definitely hereditary. Generational links is, ooh, child, just, I'm in a class right now that's talking about that, but... um. Not going into that. because,
1: <laughs> <Don't laughs> Generational
0: traumas and then generational links and how we express ourselves, our cultural things, our systemic things. Oh, that's another podcast episode in itself. So on that note, uh, thank you so much, Nick, for participating in the Holiloquy podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, the uh, actually, let me just rephrase that. The Holiloquy podcast where we step out and talk about sexuality. So thank you all so much for supporting. Like, share, subscribe. Follow us on um, Twitter. You can follow us on, um, what is it? Oh, TikTok uh, at Slater's Play, Playhouse. Um, you can follow me on other sites. I just have everything in the show notes too. But like I said, like, share, subscribe. Uh, thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. You are loved. You are blessed. I love you all. Take care and goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please, as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask.